Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Hard-edged, hard-nosed, hard to beat. Where are you coming from in this one? Your 100% essential download. Jim White and Simon Jordan. You let this get out of control. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hi everybody, thanks for downloading Outspoken, the podcast that brings you the very best of our daily Talk Sports show. It's a Premier League weekend where all eyes will be on Manchester and North London. Simon Jordan and Stuart Pearce join me to look ahead to both derby matches. But first, Chelsea's slump continued at the hands of Fulham last night and the questions continue to surround Graham Potter. Where are you at with it? Is he genuinely under, is he under pressure for his job? Uh, I don't think so at this moment in time. I think it'd be absolute folly to to move him on because you've identified him uh, as the one to take your club forward. So to actually make that judgment call at this stage, I'm not sure what a new manager is going to do to turn it round in a short space of time. He's certainly not going to win the league with them. So I don't see what's to be gained. And when you look at some of the fixtures that he's had and compare that maybe to Manchester United's fixtures since we come back from the World Cup, that it's been chalk and cheese. I mean, I spoke to Simon earlier, you know, Manchester City three times they've played. They've played some really tough games en route. And Fulham Fulham are a resurgent side. Going to Fulham nowadays is a tough place. Yeah. One wonders though, Simon, how much worse it might be allowed to get for Chelsea before it can even start getting better. Before we get to you, mate, this is Potter last night. Everyone's frustrated and everyone's disappointed, including us. We'd love to be in a better situation. We're not. We have to... Uh, we have to deal with it as best we can and, and come through and help us to get some players back, of course, because then you, you, you're stronger. You can see the impact that Jao has on the, on the team. So there are positives going forward, but at the moment it's, 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 a, dark, it's a dark position. We spoke to him in Qatar. We know Todd Bully wants yeah. success in his time at Chelsea. That's why he's taking the reins of the football club. But even Todd Bully, I think at this time, I would have thought, second-guessing it, having spoken to him at the World Cup, I think, yeah, got time yet. Got time yeah. yet, but it's got to turn soon. Well, they weren't great before they got rid of Tuchel. And so there was a period of time when Potter came in, everyone went, oh, look at this. OK, he's got his head, he's gone straight in the door and landed on his feet. And then he beat RB Salzburg away and everyone went, that don't happen very often. Mm. And, 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 it's, and it's gone pear-shaped from there. Now, you can dovetail that into the injuries. You can also... I don't think, like Martin Samuel and I said yesterday, I don't think it's particularly bright... But for Potter to turn around and say this is the most difficult job in football, because they all, like Martin Samuel alluded to yesterday, all jobs that you take on have their challenges. And if you're going to a football club that gives you an enormous amount of resource, 
um, and spends prolifically behind you, then it's, it's a bit ridiculous to suggest it's the hardest job in football because that's why you're there. It's a hard job if you can't do it. At this moment in time, he's struggling. But I don't think it's... I think it would be ridiculous. Not because the guy has employed him and paid Brighton £20 million to get his services and they've gone back and taken some of Brighton's staff and they've bought players and supported him in certain respects. But they haven't yet because he hasn't had a transfer window. He hasn't had an opportunity to change it. He's in a transfer window now. Felix is coming. As a manager, you can't legislate for the player getting himself involved in a mistimed challenge, an overzealous challenge. The game yesterday, I thought Chelsea... Like they were in the first half against Man City, they were well in the game, more than well in the game. And I think, you know, Luke was saying what about three, and he's right, the producer. But I think Chelsea would have gone on probably and won that game if that player hadn't got sent off, and we'd be right, might be having a different discussion. But they didn't, Simon. But I Bo- mean, when Bo- you get Bo- to the stage, this is a write-off of a season. But then fine. In but, terms but, of the Premier League, they're big boys. This is a long game. This is this is a marathon, not a sprint. I know Chelsea has historically always been a sprint, and we are in danger of conflating what has been done before with Abramovich, and ultimately and suggesting that the moment you don't hit the straps with Chelsea, you're going to get fired. But he brought in. Abramovich didn't bring in people that weren't already established. There's a few exceptions. De Matteo picked up the reins. But most of the time, he's gone to proven winners that have operated at the highest level and expected them to hit the grounds running, whether it's Ancelotti, whether it's Felipe Scolari, whether it's Jose Mourinho. In this instance, he's gone for somebody that he thinks is the future. So that future isn't immediate. It has to be built. So that means... So what, you, even you've brought into the project... Uh, everything's a project. Here. Everything's, everything is a project. Everything you're doing has you, to have an you've outcome. You've often said the word project's ridiculous, Simon. No, I haven't. I've turned around and said that the idea that people should be given time and unnecessary amounts of time, and in 18 months' time when they've done bugger all, they should still be given some more time. I've railed against that particular sentiment. But this guy needs to get his head. Now, if at the end of the season... Chelsea have not improved the injury crisis that they're going through and I don't like to use the word crisis because everyone wants to band it around left, right and centre but the injury injury challenges they've got when it rectifies itself if Chelsea finish 10th at the end of the season and we don't see anything better from Potter then the discussion will be had then the discussion will be had then and even then it might be a bit previous because you don't get a guy like Potter who's won nothing he's just shown you that he's a good capable manager every time he steps up he raises to the level this was a this was a quantum step. This wasn't Ostersands to Swansea and Swansea to, to to Brighton. This was Brighton to the moon. This is one of the biggest clubs in world football with the biggest set of expectations and huge interest and someone that just paid two and a half billion quid for a football club. No one's ever paid that before. So there's a whole raft of backdrop to this. And you, you wonder, sure, if he's having any regrets, <coughs> Potter, at this time. When he was in with the bricks at Brighton, did you have any regrets in football? No, I don't think you do. I always had a mentality that... Whatever decision you make on that day is the right decision for yourself. So there's no point looking back. I've never been an individual that looked back, whether it be when I decided to stay at Forest instead of going to, to other clubs or whatever it is. You make that decision on the day with the facts that you've got. And he made the right decision going to Chelsea, I think. No doubt in my mind about that. He's finding it tough now. You could see it, see that on his face yesterday. But the bottom line is... Unless you suffer the, these tough times, I don't think you, you really learn in football. Do you think really it was silly, don't. Stu, to turn around and say, I know we take things in context, and then we, hype, we focus down on what's been said out of context, but to suggest it's the hardest job in football when you're in it and you've got an embarrassment of riches and opportunities mm. and so on and so forth, do you think that's a slightly pressure orientated response that he should have perhaps kept to himself? Uh, I don't see it as the toughest job in football. The toughest job is when you've got no finance, when you've got players that you look at and you think they're substandard for the division I'm playing in. He ain't got that problem. That's tough. He he certainly hasn't, and he can go into the transfer market and he's got a wealth of players. What he has to do, I think, there's got to be an upturn before the summer. 
uh, as you're saying. Yeah. That, that's when you're judging because that's when you get a full set of fixtures for, for the best part of half a season, maybe a bit more. Look at that. You get some of these boys back playing. And I think the, the real miss for me is the two fullbacks. I, I think that's the real miss, you know, for Chelsea because Reese James gives you so much both in, in both boxes. To and be he's honest. not helped by yeah. a goalkeeper that doesn't save much, is he? Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Friday morning, good morning everybody. The sun is shining, thank God for that. I was getting fed up, getting soaked. Friday the 13th, Friday the 13th, Stuart Pierce. We need to watch how we go. Goodness me, I forgot about that. Stuart is alongside me and Simon this morning. We're with you all the way through until one o'clock. The overwhelming message this morning coming into us here is that Chelsea fans want Graham Potter to stay. But of course, it's got to change. They've got to start winning games and Fulham won last night. I think uh, the overwhelming feeling amongst Fulham fans this morning is Marco Silva, stay as long as you like. Um, Simon, you have clobbered Marco Silva in the past. Yeah. If memory serves me right, you've called him a weasel. You've called did him I? a snake. What are you calling him now? I don't know if I called him a weasel or a snake, but what I did, I think... I you did. Thank you, Luke. Transcript to that. Um, I called him somebody that batted his eyes at other football clubs before he'd earned his right to do so. So when he went into Hull... He left once Hull got relegated, and there was a lot attributed to the fact he'd turned him around, but he still got relegated. He went to Watford, was supported at Watford, and the moment he felt like someone better was on the horizon, he left. And he also left them in a way that wasn't particularly palatable. So yeah. with all that in mind, yeah. I felt that he wasn't the right type of, at the right state now. What you've got now is somebody that's gone away, perhaps got mature and older and wiser as a manager, and clearly sees Fulham as his opportunity and clearly is focused on Fulham. Not looking beyond Fulham, not seeing what's over someone's shoulder and better to talk to, looking at the opportunities in front of him. So you have to say that the guy that's now managing Fulham is a very, as he was before, a capable manager. I questioned his loyalty and his integrity and the decency of the way he operated. Now you're saying, and quite rightly so, jeez oh, Louise, how can you have any, any regard for Watford? Because he probably would have got booted out of them by them in six months' time. Oh, yeah. That's a different discussion. Yeah. I'm talking about what he did. Is he showing he's a Premier League manager now? Before you had your doubts? Uh, he's certainly showing that at Fulham, he's got that team functioning. He got them out of the division with Mitrovic scoring a ridiculous amount of goals in the Championship last year. What did he score? Nearly 50 goals mm. or something ridiculous, 40-odd mm -hmm. goals. Yeah. And they've continued, but what he's got is a great... They haven't made the mistakes of the past, which is Fulham gone up with, with uh, Tony Khan buying everybody for the manager and overspending and getting this embarrassment of riches that don't click. He's doing a really good job. And I like the way he operates in the media now. He's calm, he's collected, he's motivated, he's confident, he's enthused. He looks like a grown-up manager now. Yeah, Stuart, I'll come to you in a second. This was Marcus Silva last night after the beating Chelsea and he's saying, yeah, my boys are doing it for me. If you look, and some people sometimes they don't they don't give enough credit for in, in, in some moments. I know that everyone is fair with us. And of course, I knew what the people were saying in the beginning of the season. Uh, and for us, it was not important, just an opinion. And we have to respect all the opinions. I know that he's... Sometimes the opinions come from the facts and the, the reality that last two times that uh, uh, Fulham uh, got the promotion, they were relegated straight away after uh, uh, the season after. Um, but this, this evening, apart from Mitro, because he, as you know, he was booked um, normal with Mitro. Um, we play with six players plus Mitro, seven players that they were here two, two seasons ago. Seven players that normally they played two seasons ago as well. And after they came to see that is another player that he, he was here as well. He's, it's unbelievable what the players they have been doing. Of course, the players they come and they sign for our football club in the beginning of the season, they, they settle really well. They, they, they are helping us uh, 
in, in the best way they can and they are really being really brilliant as well. And we as a group, of course, we believe in ourselves. I'm not surprised, sure, they believe in themselves. They're six this morning. Little Fulham, the club that everybody loves. Mm. I don't mean to be disrespectful to them. Only 13 points behind Arsenal, albeit they've played a couple of games more than Arsenal. Has he quietly rebuilt his reputation as a manager? I think he has, and he, that's growing by, by the game at, at this moment in time. Um, his recruitment's been good, as he mentioned there earlier. He, he's brought players in that have settled in very quickly uh, and done a really good job for the team. I've got a friend who works at Fulham and seen him work firsthand and he's been very, very impressed with him. He said he's one of the best he's seen working on, on the grass, you know. So um, that for me is probably the biggest recommendation. I, I go with what I see with my own eyes for his team and how they play. they done brilliantly last year. It would have been easy to turn around and say, we'll roll with more of the same in the Premier League. He's not done that. He's gone out, he's recruited and he's improved the side. And... At this moment in time, the team are playing very well and there's a real togetherness. You can see that from the pictures after the game yesterday. See, I think this is a special season, Stuart, mm. because so many are throwing themselves mm. into the mix and having a serious tilt at it. Newcastle, obviously, a leading light in that area. Fulham, another. Brighton, another. Brentford, another. Mm. What a season. And Arsenal leading it. Yeah, it, it's, as I say, and Chelsea, 10th. Liverpool seventh at this stage, quite incredible. The big hitters are, are all there still, you know, in and around it. Arsenal, a resurgent Arsenal, you would say, that have really got the opportunity. I, I'm just looking at the fixtures here and probably the next month is quite intriguing, you know, with Man United playing Man City and Arsenal, Arsenal playing Spurs, Man United and Man City in the next five games. It's, the next month will tell us a lot about who's got credentials to stay there and who hasn't. Simon, can you answer this for me? Why is it some clubs seem to take to life back in the Premier League and others struggle with it? Fulham have taken to life back in the top flight and they're loving it. Forrest, after a long time away, admittedly, have toiled a bit, even with all their new additions. Well, Fulham have the added advantage of having been in the Premier League as a football club for 10, 15 years out of the last 20. Then they've been promoted, then relegated, then promoted, then relegated. This is the third time of asking back in the last five or six years in terms of going back into the Premier League. So if they haven't learned the lessons about the key component of going into the Premier League, which is having a decent manager that's capable of managing in the Premier League, not just getting you out of the Championship, and also having a sensible recruitment policy. You look you, at you had that experience yourself, mate. Did you not at Palace? Yeah, yeah. A bit, a bit uh, up and down, up and down. Well, I had a manager you that get him up, you can stay. I, I had a manager that wasn't capable of managing in the Premier League. Did a wonderful job to get us out of the Championship, but we needed to have changed. Palace, when they went up under the, the new ownership after me, changed with due respect to Ian um, Holloway, and put Tony Pulis in. And he knew the division, he knew his way around, and he kept him in the first in the top flight. And then once you keep yourself in the top flight for one season, you can build upon that. Forrest have gone in with a manager that's got lots of potential, that I accused of being a bridesmaid because he'd gotten to semi-finals or finals of playoffs with Swansea and not got through to, the, to, the, to, 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 to win them. He's done it with Forrest, but he's been, been bought this ridiculous amount of players. So I think you've got to look at Fulham and say... This is an operation. Nottingham Forest don't know the Premier League. They haven't been in it for 23 no, years. No, no, no. I'm oh, going to play devil's advocate here and I'm going to throw a question at you. You say you had a manager that, that yeah. wasn't good enough and, and didn't know yeah. the Premier League. What about yourself and yeah. your directors? Were you good enough for the Premier League? Did you know the Premier League well um, enough? And, and how did you handle it? And did you ever question yourself? I think that's a good question. Gosh. Because ultimately at that time, when you're talking about 17 years ago, you it, the, the landscape was different in terms of technical directors and people that were around supporting the manager. 
What I wanted to do was go into the Premier League with absolutely no fear and no concerns about being there, entitled to be there because we were there because we'd got there on merit, and I wanted the manager to reflect the same attitude. He didn't seem to want to be able to do that. He had a different vantage point. But also, what I looked at was, it's very easy saying someone wasn't good enough. What I wasn't greeted with was this embarrassment of riches of being able to replace him with somebody that might be able to bridge the gap. When Palace had troubles after my time, they went to Pulis, they went to Hodgson, they went to Sam Allardyce. These guys weren't available. I got people like Joe Kinnear coming out of the woodwork saying I didn't want him. I didn't think he was the right fit for that football club or, or going to give me the achievements I wanted. So, yeah, yeah, of course, the failure is a sum of all its parts. So, of course, I would have been contributed in that failure. I wanted to sign Michael Carrick. I got Michael Carrick to agree to come to Palace. He didn't want to talk to Ian Dowie. So you could say, ultimately, there are reasons both from both sides of the equations. But, yeah, I'd have to take someone to blame as well. I'm because saying, we've got someone with knowledge from the boardroom level. We sit here as as, as football people. I'm from the football in the, from the grass. But we don't side know anything, according so to you lot. I think it's important to get that opinion from him to turn around and say, "Look, mm. you know, but do you to, question but yourself you there, lot, or do you not?" To you the lot. man who you're quite aggressively pointing at, yeah. Simon Jordan. I, I mean, I like it, that. in a very encouraging but way. According, yes, according to you lot, we don't know anything except when it concurs with what you know. And then we know something. No, it's not about sides now. You, you, you're perceiving this in the, in the wrong way. You're trying way to drag me into a conversation where I was I'm attributing not. blame on a manager and you went into defence mode because... I want to broaden no, the time you I want to broaden my horizons as a manager. So the best way to do that is, is to understand the people that employ you, hire and fire you. Yes. So that's why I asked that I question. I know, but I think that's one of the biggest skills that football management is beginning to acclimatise to, which is managing up. Yeah. A lot of football yeah. managers, we've spoken about this before, Stu and I, can manage down yes. with their charges, but they can't manage up. And mm. that's a really difficult relationship yeah. because the dynamic between a boardroom and a, and a dugout is an important one, whether so they like Sheffield it or not. So how United go up to the Premier League without a lot of experience one in year. that area and finish ninth? One year. And what happened to them next season? But they did it. They did. They chose to it. And, and, and Absolutely. And what happened to Aston Villa? They went up and spent 100 million quid on the first season. They went up and just stayed up by one, by one millimetre. My team got relegated on the last game of the season with three minutes to go by someone scoring an equaliser. Otherwise, the closing door mentality, sliding door mentality might have been different for the circumstances that I was in. You can look at it and say Swansea went up and for years they brought a brand of football up from the Championship. People said they can't do that in the Premier League. They can't pass the way they play in the Championship. Yeah, they did. And eventually, they ran out of steam. But Sheffield United went up, caught everybody cold with the way they played. Chris Wilder did a good job, then started playing hide-and-seek with himself and the team got relegated. He had to go in that direction at the very end, Stuart. He had to go in that direction. Stuart, can I just commend you, mate, at quarter to 11 for the bravery of that point that you made to Simon Jordan, former club no. owner? Because everybody's got to assume responsibility. No. Owners as well. Yeah. And in, he's right. In all honesty, it wasn't meant as a criticism. I'm I'm intrigued. I, I like to but soak up knowledge. Managers. And what, how often do you get the chance to sit with someone who's been in the boardroom and has got a boardroom <laughs> oh, mentality? Right. Sadly, three hours huh? every bleeding day. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. We can compete with, with every team. Officially, Man City, when they are, are on their best, a hard opponent for everyone. It's poked back to Haaland, and Haaland gets his second, and Manchester City's third. I had the feeling that United is coming back. Finally, United is coming back. Why you have to fight to you to qualify for Champions League and fight for the title? Brilliant finish from Marcus Rashford. Manchester United have turned up the music. Fernandes on to Anthony. Anthony into the penalty. Second Pickford to slip it into the far corner. Brilliant finish. We will know more about United on Saturday afternoon after the lunchtime kickoff against City than we have done all season. We are underway in the Manchester derby. Ring that bell. It's the champion in one corner. And the one-time great in the other. Oh, Sam Matafee. Sam, you're brilliant, mate, with that microphone. Terrific. And it all goes down tomorrow in Manchester. Manchester United take on Manchester City. Live and exclusive on TalkSport, 12.30 tomorrow. Stuart Pearce is alongside Simon and myself this morning here in studio in the news building at London Bridge. Stuart, I mean, Pep said it there. United. United are coming back. You bet they're coming back, Pep. Stuart, since City thrashed United 6-3 four months ago, Ten Hag's team have won 15 matches, drawn twice, lost once. Mm. United could take City this weekend, couldn't they? Quite conceivably. I like to look at the full picture, OK? The full picture is this. Since we've come back from the World Cup, they've played Cholton, Everton, Burnley, Forest, Wolves and Bournemouth. Now, I'm not being disrespectful to any of those teams. If you could pick a, a fixture list to give you a, a block of results that's going to turn people's heads slightly Absolutely. to get confidence within the group. But they can only beat what's in front of them. I'm not saying they can't, but we're going to find out a little bit more in the next couple of games, Man City and Arsenal in the next three games. Yeah. That is when you quantify, is it a resurgence Manchester United or have they knocked over the team? Is that, it? If they had a is loss a to any of them, we'd have been, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know at this moment in time. They're better, certainly, than they were earlier in the season. Rashford's come up for air again, and all of a sudden he's a threat to them and one or two other players, and they've got options. They're growing the confidence within the group. He's done nothing wrong at this moment in time since the World Cup. But the next two of the three games that they've got coming up will be the acid test to them. If they win both of them, all of a sudden I'll sit here or when yeah. you call me back into the yeah. show to upset your mate over there. I will sit here and turn around and say they're back. Yeah. I mean, four points between them, Simon. Is, is the gap between the two of them closing as much as the league table suggests? No, not really. Man City are far better side than Man United You know, at this moment in time. But Manchester United, the language coming out of Ten Hag is more commensurate with a Manchester United manager. 
And I know that people think I had this agenda against Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I just don't like rewarding mediocrity. And too often in sport, that happens. And he was mediocre, and he got a job that took Manchester United backwards for three years. The culture of the football club turned into a, a Butlins holiday camp, and too many people got away with far too much. This guy, yeah. whether he finished the, second, I don't care. Second is back end of nowhere. Second, that's no, that, oh, that's no Butlins holiday camp. Uh, I think it is. I think that Man United are built upon different things. But I'll take your point that second looks like a far more commendable outcome than actually really was there because Man United have not been at the races really since Mourinho that took them to a place. And everyone goes, yeah, Mourinho, this Mourinho, that. But he won on the UEFA Cup. He won on the League Cup. He put them at a point where they were ascending in the league again, and he didn't get the support that he wanted. Now going to Ten Hag. I talked to him about the beginning of the season. He gets trotted out. You take great delight and, and bring it up every time you possibly can about his suit and the fitting of his suit. Well, I said, you said that, it. I said that in the context of this fella doesn't look like somebody that exudes and 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 puts out great authority. He I looks know, like well, someone. That was another foot and mouth moment for it, you. Maybe you can think that, but my point was is that I want people on the front foot. I want somebody that leads Manchester United not to not be apologetic, not someone that shrinks inside their own suits. Someone that stands and goes, "Here it comes. It's on top now." And what you're hearing now from Ten Hag is a different dynamic. The culture of this football club, the expectation he has of the players. You turn up late for a football game, you get dropped. Right? That's what happens to you. You don't get to go on holiday for two weeks after European Championships before you have surgery to play for arguably the biggest club in the world. You get to fall in line with the expectations of this football club. Now, as a, as a football team, they're a work in progress. And it's nice to see them back in ascendancy because the league needs an ascendant Man United. It needs those pillars of the Premier League to keep the interest around the world. But they are not as good as a well-old well-functioning Man City. You put Man City out at their best against uh, Man United at their best and you'll get 6-3 again. Yeah, but even Ilkay Gundogan is saying we, City, are not as good and well-oiled as we were. This is what he says, Stuart, off the back of uh, losing to Southampton, albeit in the Carabao Cup. The performances, the desire, the hunger is maybe not as it was in recent years. We know we have to do better. We need to start working hard again. We need to be humble because things will not come to us automatically. They're unusual words, I think, coming out of a player from a, a, a side that are used to winning and winning the league and playing a brand of football that's magnificent. I was at the game. We covered the game uh, at Southampton. And I don't know whether the mentality of the Manchester United mentality has got a bit excited now because they've seen Manchester City get dipped at Southampton. I don't know that over the next over the last hour or so. But what you, you're going to turn around and say, really... They're an outstanding side, but I think at this moment in time, with all the riches they got in, even when they make changes, I think it hurts them a little bit. It did the other night. And in the second half of the game, when they were chasing Southampton, Southampton were very, very comfortable within the game. And City looked as though they didn't have the the oomph to go and chase the game and turn it round. It was as though they'd accepted a defeat, which is very, very... I've never seen that in this recent era of Pep. So for the first time in a long time, are City there for the taking in terms of United going for the throat? I wouldn't say that because, you know, De Bruyne is playing Haaland, Rodrigo, they're, they're, you know, Rodri, sorry. They're all going to be back in the team. They're going to be a stronger, stronger team. There's no doubt. But you would say it's it's a closer on the betting front between these two sides. I think it makes it worse for Manchester United, that result against Southampton. I think ultimately mm. Man City, if Man City put in two prep performances that are lacklustre, then you can start to talk about where Man City are at this moment in time. I do think they're strange comments from, from Gundogan. I don't think they're particularly necessary. I'm not entirely sure his manager would be overly appreciative of it. But notwithstanding it, he said it. He's a senior pro. I think so people he, like it. Mm, 
Need to be more humble. That's right up his street. Well, sure, okay. What was the suggestion that they were? He's basically suggesting that the dressing room was arrogant and took Southampton lightly, and they needed to be a little bit more grounded. Fine, okay. Do they make the same mistake twice? Two weeks, a week before that, they spanked Chelsea four nil. Okay, we can say Chelsea are not in great nick, but they still beat Chelsea four nil. So one result in a cup that they own. And it's a cup that they've owned previously up until losing it last year. Previously before that, they'd won it every single year, hadn't they? I think it bodes badly for people. I think it bodes badly for those in the Champions League. I think it bodes badly for those in the Premier League. Because Pep Guardiola isn't at the top of the tree for no reason. He has the best players around him. He has a centre-forward that will score goals for fun. And there's this debate going on, isn't it, about whether Man City are better without Erling Haaland than with him. And apparently I saw some poll being put up by Shaban talking about Shabana Home, that 50% of Man City fans are saying that actually they're not sure whether they prefer Man City without Haaland, i.e. playing with that centre-forward, than they do with, that, with him. I find that a bit perplexing. You think but, they were City fans? Or pff, who knows? <laughs> I think Manchester City are still as compelling a proposition as they've always been. I think that's one result that will, will answer questions about certain players. Certain players are clamouring at his door to play and they were given a shot and they went up to it against Southampton. 100% engagement. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Stuart, from Manchester to North London, Sunday 4.30, I'm going to go to this. Tottenham host Arsenal. Do you know what? At what point in the season, Stuart, do the, the Gunners go from outside contenders to title favourites? Um, I think they're very close to it at the moment. I really do. Um, they lost Jesus and people thought, hmm... Maybe that's going to be a real big blow. I I think he'll be a miss and has been a slight miss, but it's not knocked him out their stride in any way, shape or form. This is a big weekend. We talked the Manchester derby earlier. Yeah. The Manchester derby might be a great derby for Arsenal if they can do their work and do their business. But this, this game and this result will, will be a big guidance, I think, to see which way Arsenal are going. Next five games for Arsenal, Tottenham, Manchester United, Manchester City. Their credentials are there. If they get through that unscathed with a positive outcome, people would have thought they're nailed on. Then we take them seriously. I think we do. I do now. Are they your favourites to lift the title? I, I always like points in the bag. People are turning around. We're not at the halfway stage yet. I'm just looking. A five-point gap. That five-point gap could change quite drastically. It could be an eight-point gap come Saturday night, Sunday night. So... I like the points in the bag. I think they're a team. I don't think they've got a, as good a squad as, as as probably certainly as Manchester City. But hmm. a run for your money. They're going to be in the top two, and they've got the points in the bag at this moment in time. Look, Manchester City for me. Whoever fin finishes in front of Manchester City will win the league. I have my reservations that anyone will finish inside Man City, and I've asked them. I've got to play Manchester City twice. So with that in mind, we will hmm. see. You know, no one expected the decline in Liverpool that we've seen. And, you know, Graham Souness was on the show talking about the vision that arrived in his eyes about how they didn't have legs in midfield and how that was clearly evident. But it wasn't evident to Graham at the beginning of the season. Neither was it evident to anyone else. It became evident. It should have been evident to Klopp, perhaps. No one expected the decline in Liverpool that we've seen. No one's expected, perhaps, the slump that Chelsea are in. 
Tottenham are okay, but they ain't great. And Newcastle have arrived on the scene. So it's a strange Premier League right yeah. now. Fulham are in amongst the mix. Yeah. And that means there's an opportunity. So it wouldn't surprise me because of the nature of the make and makeup and shake-up of this league and the World Cup that's in the middle of it and all that falls out of that, that Arsenal would win the league. But if you're asking me to bet, and I know that my betting criteria at this moment, credentials at this moment, time ain't great, but the bottom line is I would still be putting my money on Manchester City um, and it will take some 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 changing of that. But if they go to Manchester City and they start beating Manchester City exactly. and cementing the nature of the five-point lead, then there's something very different there, and increasing it, of course. Uh, and we spoke about Chelsea losing five players, maybe more, and how it affects them. Arsenal, in the main, have had Smith Rowe's been out for a little while and Jesus has, has picked up an injury. Apart from that, they've had no real injuries to speak yeah. of. They've done pretty well. If they can sustain that, all well and good. If they do have an injury crisis like Chelsea do, they'll drop away from it, I think. Yeah. There's, there's a great text actually from Ryan, a regular contributor to this show. Morning, Ryan. Asking me this, why is it always the next five games for Arsenal, then we'll take them seriously? We just have a lot more credit than you well, give us. Because you haven't won a Premier League for 20 years. Shut up and sit down. Of course people are going to question your credibility. If, if, if you're winning FA Cups, that's something to be made. And people are talking about, give you, like, I saw a text message earlier on, I'll give you, for Potter, I'll give you Arteta. Well, that's a slightly different dynamic because Arsenal won the FA Cup in his first season. So the idea that you gave Ateta a little bit more time was based upon the fact that he'd actually won something and maybe crossed that sort of bridge that people might have suggested he wouldn't be able to cross. But, you know, I look at it and say you've got to question Arsenal because the power of, of spending that they're up against has something they haven't gone toe-to-toe for years. They haven't won the Premier League for a long time. Mm. They were in decline. The biggest thing, the biggest growth in Arsenal was that ghastly Arsenal fan TV because all they were doing was fall, falling down on the their own swords <laughs> and now they're back and it wasn't so long ago that everybody turned around and me included said silent Stan and his, mis- his, his preparedness to run a mediocre Arsenal side because they're an arm's length extension of a, an American business just a subsidiary but now Arsenal seem to have got themselves together as a football operation got themselves together as a commercial operation so there was serious conversation to be had here but you've got to take it in bite-sized chunks and yeah. winning the Premier League is a, especially when you've got Man City still in very good Nick no that's a, that's a brilliant way to express it actually bite sized chunks and I get that Simon but the fact that Arsenal are doing so well does that has that made Conte's job more difficult Stuart in that neck of the woods and now the two come together I think it does yeah I think there is that well they're doing worse than us so it look, makes us look better than we actually are scenario and conversely it made him look better last year because Tottenham nicked it away from Arsenal because Arsenal's declining the form so conversely he can't, he's got yeah. it both ways yeah he? exactly yeah. and I think there's almost I don't know, it might be a perfect storm this year for Arsenal, you know, because Liverpool are not a resurgent, Chelsea are not resurgent, Manchester United, we're still to be convinced they are at this moment. So there's three of the big six that that probably have not punched anywhere near their way. Well, it comes down to a a two-horse race, a dogfight between City and Arsenal. I think so. I I can't see it any other way. Um, I I think I've been really impressed with Newcastle this year. I'm not sure that they're going to be they're going to break the two of them up. No, I I certainly think it's Arsenal or Manchester City. I I can't see anyone else. I'm going on Sunday. I think Arsenal will win Mm -hmm. at Tottenham. Well, they certainly go in as the form side out the two. I I I I can't see Tottenham beating them, but it's a it's a London derby. If Arsenal win at Tottenham on Sunday, Stuart, it's 14 points between them and Tottenham. Mm. That is, and the Gunners have a game in hand. Well, more importantly, it might be eight points between them and Manchester City. 
100% essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken. Don't forget to leave a five-star review and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you again on Monday when Arsenal Invincible Martin Keown will join us to reflect on that all-important North London derby. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.